Hello, uh, welcome to UVA Law. My name is Josh Bowers. Uh, I'm a professor here. I've been a professor here since 2008. And I'm also a co-director of the Law and Public Service program. Uh, in my former life, I was a uh, public defender at an organization called the Bronx Defenders, which uh, sounds like a superhero outfit, but is actually a holistic public defender office in Bronx County, New York. Uh, here, I teach a range of classes, uh, criminal law, uh, to 1Ls, uh, criminal procedure, criminal procedure survey to be precise, constitutional law, also a first year course, and a, a range of seminars ranging from the uh, practical, my plea bargaining seminar, to the more theoretical, I teach a uh, crim theory seminar as well. One of the most rewarding things I do though, uh, probably the most rewarding thing I do here is to co-direct with Ann Coughlin the Law and Public Service Program, which is what I'm going to talk uh, with you about today. And we don't just co-direct it uh, between the two of us. We also have what uh, is called the Law and Public Service Student Board <coughs> that helps us uh, uh, grow and govern the program. Uh, so that's uh, what these three people are, um, uh, 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 that's where, that where they're from. So Amber Strickland, uh, Danny Cohen, and Mario Pea are all members of the Law and Public Service Program and its board, and they're going to speak to you today as well. And uh, I already outed Mario once today. I'm going to out him again. Uh, he is also a minor celebrity, a major celebrity in my eyes. Uh, he uh, uh, is... It featured prominently in the serial podcast. Uh, so I can't promise uh, that all of you who are part of the Law and Public Service Program or who come to UVA Law will end up on a hit podcast. Uh, but the opportunity is there, as Mario put it, during the uh, uh, last session. Okay, and, uh, enough with the preliminaries. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about the Law and Public Service Program. Uh, it was started six years ago by Jim Ryan, then our Associate Dean. Uh, he's moved on to the Harvard Graduate School of Education, and he ceded the program to Ann Coughlin and myself. And what the program is designed to do is to offer a select group of students the opportunity to receive intensive and appropriate training that will prepare them for careers in public services. Uh, public service. So that, that's the main goal, is that on day one, you'll be ready for a career in uh, law and public service, public interest law. Uh, the second goal, which I think is, uh, you know, as important, is to foster a sense of community among the program fellows. Uh, I want to make clear something to you all, though. Uh, it, it, it's important to recognize that even if you are not a participant, a fellow in the Law and Public Service program, there are many opportunities for you to develop uh, your skills and to prepare for a career in uh, public interest law here at UVA. So in addition to the Law and Public Service program, we have the Public Service Center, which is the arm of career services that is devoted to public interest legal careers. We have student organizations, most prominently uh, with respect to public interest law, the Public Interest Law Association. Uh, we have our uh, uh, very generous loan forgiveness program. Uh, we have our externship program, 
We have uh, pro bono opportunities during the course of the academic year. We have internships during the summer that we help to link you to. Uh, we have short courses on public interest topics. We have um, clinics and other opportunities for experiential learning and for you know representing clients not once you graduate, but while you're still here. So what are the mechanics of the program? The program admits uh, 20 to 25 students each year, if fellows into the program. Uh, we typically make our admission decisions in November, December, or at latest the very beginning of January, uh, which means that the first half of the academic year were a bit smaller than we are uh, during the second half because you know uh, students like Mario are about to be uh, uh, leaving us, so we'll drop from 70 plus where we are right now to about 45, 46, 47, 48 students and then we will admit a new cohort next winter. Uh, it, it, what does the program consist of? There's a curricular component. Uh, we, we, we see that as being a feature of the program. Uh, uh, that's the training element of the program. Uh, you know, we've got a number of different courses that we sponsor. Uh, prosecution, defense, employment, international human rights. Uh, Ann Coughlin and I work every year to bring in short course professors, practitioners who adjunct teach uh, within the law school who uh, uh, can, can give you a, uh, a, a close-up view of what it means to practice public interest law within your area of interest. Uh, there are three courses that are required components of the core of the uh, program and I use the term required kind of loosely because in many uh, cases these are courses that uh, students very much want to take and what we're giving you is a guaranteed seat. So uh, uh, in particular Ann Coughlin is one of our most popular professors. Uh, I've never gotten to take a, a class with her but I I've never heard a bad word from a student who's taken a class with her. So during your first year spring semester, immediately upon being accepted into the program, uh, you take a survey course with Ann Coughlin called the uh, 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 Law and Public Service course, uh, where she brings in a number of speakers, typically practitioners, and you get to get a sense of all the different things that you could do uh, at, in public interest law. Because many of you may say, you know, I'm, I'm, I know sort of what I want to do, or I know the, in a, under a broad umbrella, the kind, an idea of what I want to do, uh, Ann Coughlin's course will help you uh, achieve a greater level of focus on what it is you want to do and how to go about getting there. Uh, during your second year, you take an advoca advocacy skills class for public interest lawyers. In the past, this was taught by uh, Andy Block, uh, formerly uh, the director of the uh, Just Children program at the Legal Aid Justice Center. He now works, uh, basically heads juvenile justice for the state of Virginia. Uh, during his leave of absence, we've had uh, Mary Bauer, who's the executive director of the Legal Aid Justice Center, teaching that course. During the third year, something that's very fun is that uh, the students will get back together 
in an upper level seminar, we call it a colloquium, with either Ann Coughlin or myself. Uh, each of us will take half of the third year cohort, so about 12 uh, or 13 per uh, 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 instructor. And we're not actually doing very much instruction there. What we're doing is we're getting together five, six, seven times over the course of the year, typically in the evening. It's a little more of a social event than your typical uh, seminar uh, session might be. And uh, each class, two or three students will present an independent study that they've done over the course of their time here on a public interest topic and typically informed by their public interest experiences while they were here. So maybe informed by their externship experience or clinic experience or um, internship experiences over the summer. In some cases, a paper that, uh, it, that grows out of public interest experiences they had before they got here. So I know that a number of students who are interested in education law have uh, written things and presented things for the colloquium uh, uh, component of the program that arose out of their time as teachers. Uh, during their years before they went to uh, law school, before they matriculated. A key part of the program is pairing you with a faculty mentor, someone who has expertise in the area of interest, uh, uh, the, the area of public interest law that you ultimately like, uh, would like to practice within. Uh, so we've got 20 faculty members who have signed on, which uh, means that, you know, each faculty member pairs with roughly one person per uh, a, a, a law and public service class. Uh, it is the job of that faculty mentor to uh, act as a sounding board for you uh, to discuss questions or concerns you might have with respect to classes uh, that you should or shouldn't take. Uh, whether you should do this or that internship. When it comes to career placement, oftentimes um, the faculty may have been out of that world long enough that they can only provide you with so much useful information, re uh, uh, contacts or you know the hiring practices of the particular office that you're looking at but you know uh, look lawyering is a collaborative enterprise and it's it's good to recognize right away that you know having a smart person to talk with and discuss your ideas who's interested in what you're doing can be extremely helpful. It's also the faculty mentor's job to oversee the uh, independent study that you'll ultimately uh, present to the rest of, uh, or half of, your cohort. Uh, it, it, the faculty mentor is just one mentorship opportunity that you have through the Law and Public Service program. As I said, uh, we've looked to the student board to help govern and grow the program. And an idea that they came up with a couple of years ago, and it's really begun to take off this year, is an alumni mentoring program. A couple students came to us last year and said, you know, we have so many graduates from the uh, Law and Public Service program now who are working in uh, the public interest world. Can we link our current students up with them and I said yeah by all means let's run with that and they created a database of I think what hundreds of uh, uh, alumni who are now working in public interest law and it's been from my understanding incredibly successful so much so that uh, many students have multiple alumni mentors uh, 
something else you get out of the program besides uh, the mentorship uh, uh, opportunities is guaranteed summer funding, uh, provided you uh, meet uh, PILA's criteria for summer grants. So that is to say a certain number of pro bono hours that uh, you uh, have to work, but quite frankly, these are pro bono hours that you should want to be uh, 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 working uh, as part and parcel of your commitment to public interest law. Uh, if you do that, your funding is guaranteed. You don't have to run through the uh, normal application process to get summer money to do public interest work. Uh, the very last uh, component, last but not least, I, I think one of the most important parts of the program are our extracurricular events, a series of lunches, dinners, lectures, talks, social events uh, that we uh, put together over the course of the year, which give you an opportunity to get to know one another and give you an opportunity to hear from uh, and talk to and you know maybe go out to dinner with some of the most interesting people uh, uh, that we can find working in public interest law today. So for instance, I'm very excited, next week we've got Ben Wisner coming in uh, and giving a public lecture and then having uh, a dinner with uh, a, a couple faculty members and several students. He's the director of the ACLU Speech, Privacy, and Technology Project. He's also a legal advisor to Edward Snowden, so I'm sure that's going to be terrifically interesting. Uh, when do applications happen? When do selections happen? Uh, applications are typically due, you know, at a time far enough in f before exams that you're not feeling like uh, you don't have any time to focus on uh, the applications. Uh, so typically sometime around the middle of November, uh, they consist of a letter of recommendation, a short personal statement, a transcript. We're not looking to make it too onerous. Uh, we don't want anyone to see any of these, uh, 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 the application, uh, 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 portions of the application as being uh, onerous enough that they're not going to apply to the program. Better, I always say, to you know just throw in your application with a letter of recommendation from uh, your uh, initial law school applications than to not apply to the uh, program at all. Better, though, if you have a letter that's tailored to the program. And then we make our selections based on you know, past achievement. Uh, dedication to public service and promise of future success. Uh, with that, I'm going to pause. I'm going to hand it over to Mario, Amber, and Danny, allow them to say a couple words about what attracted them to the program, their particular area of interest, anything else they might want to add. And then I want to uh, uh, leave a, a good at least 10 minutes or so for you guys to ask questions and please know that all of us will stick around after this session in case you want to come up and ask us questions individually. So with that I'll hand it over to Mario. When I was in your shoes I had applied on a foundation of wanting to be a prosecutor and that still is the case today uh, very much so and what I have joined the program for was undoubtedly the mentorship component. I'm not going to sugarcoat you and say sugarcoat it to you and say that the public service route is the easy route in law school it's not, in many ways, I think it's the most difficult route you can take in law school. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the most rewarding, uh, the least rewarding. But regardless, um, I think what is critically important in the public service route in particular is the networking component, is the mentorship component. And a lot of that starts with the individual relationships that you can make with the professors and um, through the alumni mentoring system. 
Um, I actually have currently three alumni mentors and all of them have been incredibly helpful throughout the country in prosecution offices towards figuring out how to get there, how my career could look, and what I could do in law school to shape my career uh, one, five, ten years down the line. So um, I think the networking side is what brings this program to have its full potential. Um, with that said, uh, Professor Bowers had mentioned about the student board, and I have to say that in being relatively young, we're still in the process of, of developing how best to suit um, not necessarily professor-student relationships or alumni-student relationships, but really relationships amongst you guys and amongst students. And a lot of that is going to be on you. I'm leaving. We have our first meeting today. So uh, a lot of that is on the younger classes to determine how you feel best to socialize amongst yourselves and network amongst yourselves, which is, I think, not only now, but five, ten years down the road will be critically important. Um, yeah, I mean, something I, I mentioned last uh, session, and I should mention it again, uh, is that, you know, what's made this program what it is, is the generosity of the students who have come before, that uh, so many of them have dedicated uh, their time here to growing the program in a way that they won't benefit from, you know, where they'll, they'll initiate a program that maybe finally gets off the ground by the time they graduate and then the students who, that come later get to reap the benefits of that and I just I, I have so much admiration for the students who have come through this program for that very reason you know it's it's one thing for me to work hard on making this program something different tomorrow than it is today because I, I I'm still going to be here tomorrow but I, I've just been uh, uh, so struck by how willing the students are who've come through the program to say, you know, I know that this alumni program is not going to get off the ground till next year, but I didn't have that when I was here, and I think that the next group of people to come through UVA will, uh, if they have that, they'll have a leg up. So I think that's been really great. I, I mean, that means that you guys have the opportunity really to, to shape what the experience is to some degree um, in the program as you know, you get board applications and whatnot. Um, I can only stay afterwards for about five minutes or so, but I'll leave my email address with Professor Bauer, so if I'm not here and you have questions, feel free to ask him for my email address. You could just also write it on the board. Yeah, I can do that yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Amber, I'm a 1L here at the law school, and I also came to law school with the goal and purpose of pursuing a career in public service, specifically in prosecuting civil rights and human rights offenses. So coming in, it only made sense for me to try and find a network and a group of people who had similar interests who would not only help encourage me on that career path, but would also help equip me for that career path. Um, I am a 1L, so I'm new to the program, um, and I've only been a part of the program since January. But already it's been a great experience and has exceeded a lot of expectations. We're in Professor Coughlin's class, which is a survey course looking at the history of the legal profession, which has been really eye-opening to see how different careers in public service have kind of evolved through the generations. Um, and as a part of that, you get to hear from attorneys who are practicing right now in a ton of different fields. And they haven't all followed the same career path, which is encouraging when you're still trying to figure out, okay, I think I want to get there, but I'm not quite sure what it looks like and when I want to get there. Um, so that's a great experience. You also get to meet other people who want to do similar things. And 
like Mario said, it's not easy to pursue an interest in or a career in public interest, but if you know you want to do that, you surround yourself with people who will help you and staying on that path and remind you, this is why you came to law school, you can do it, we're all in this together. It really makes the experience a lot easier and more enjoyable. My name is Danny. I'm also one out. Uh, I came straight through, so if any of you want to talk about what that's like uh, and being at a school where a lot of people also are straight through. Uh, I went to Rice University to study political science and economics. Rice is about 3,500 undergrads, and we had a minor called Poverty, Justice, and Human Capabilities. There are 50 people in that minor. There are anywhere from 45 to 70 people at any time in this program here at a school, less than 1,000. So just by scale, you have a much bigger community here, a much more vibrant community than maybe you used to at an undergraduate institution or somewhere else. When I was applying, I looked at Columbia, NYU, and here. Those are my three choices. And I thought, I want to be where there's a public service community. So I said, OK, NYU and UVA have a more vibrant community than Columbia. So I'm going to choose between these two. And what I decided was, I want to be at a place where it is just easy to be with that community. So at the end of the day, you're going to be at law school. You're going to be studying, you're going to be reading, you've got to commute. And here, I live five minutes away. I walk to class. I walk with friends. I can meet up with any of these people at any time. They make it so easy to be with faculty, with alumni, with practitioners. Uh, and in Charlottesville especially, there are so many UVA law alumni who are here running things like the Legal Aid Justice Center. Uh, I'm actually going to be working with not only a UVA law alum, but someone who's an alum of this actual program. You can do pro bono throughout the year with these people. So being at a place for three years where you actually have to actively try to not be involved with these people versus having to scrape and plan and schedule just make your life so much easier. So for that alone and for all of these reasons, uh, I can really enjoy that being involved. So glad you're all here. I'll also stick around for a few minutes to get any questions. Yeah, so Danny's working with uh, Kim Rolla, who's uh, over at the Legal Aid Justice Center. She did a Powell Fellowship, which is a dedicated uh, fellowship uh, given to one student, one graduate every year to do a two-year project at a public interest organization. Um, uh, Kim ended up at a Legal Aid Justice Center. I'm not surprised at all that she's now a staff attorney. I won't be surprised at all if she's running the place in five or ten years. Um, and so, yeah, that's really cool that you're working with her. Uh, so I guess with that, uh, maybe we'll take uh, questions from any of you guys. Yes. How many people applied? Yeah, so it, it, we got that question last session as well. Um, it, it used to be that the program was not as selective as it is now. And I think that really speaks well to the program, right? That it used to be that if you had a demonstrated commitment to uh, uh, public service generally and public interest laws in particular, uh, you're probably going to, you're almost certain to get into the program. Um, last year, I think there were, you know, 27, 28 applications for about 20 slots. Um, this year, there were 30 plus with declining enrollment. So I think that speaks to the fact that it's, uh, the program's growing in popularity, uh, students see it as highly useful, um, and it's getting more competitive uh, uh, in turn. Um, that's painful to some degree, right? Because I th I, 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 we're getting to the point where you start seeing very plausible applications, students that you very much want to accept, and you can't accept everyone, right? But uh, still, I would say 
the majority, the overwhelming majority of students with a, uh, a demonstrated commitment to public service get in. And even if you don't get in during the first year, there we accept up to five applicants uh, during the second year. And there, I think your, your, your chances are very, very good, provided that the program is right for you. That is to say, you know, sometimes a student will have an epiphany uh, either during college, the end of college, or you know they're working in the private sector and they have an epiphany and they decide they want to go to law school because they really do want to work uh, in the public interest. And they tell us that and we just don't see the record yet, right? And so maybe they're not accepted into the program during their first year, but a, a number of the events that we have, I would say the overwhelming majority of the events we have um, are open to the student body writ large. Uh, it may be uh, priority, there may be priority given to fellows within the program. So if there are seats limited, other uh, seats will go to uh, students within the program first. But there's opportunities for other students to participate either in this aspect of uh, pu uh, uh, the public interest world at uh, UVA or uh, other aspects. Um, and so if I see you over the course of your entire first year at event after an event and you know I talk to you and I get a sense that oh my gosh this is a person who is very much committed to a career in law and public service well you know I think the chances are superb uh, if you didn't get into the program your first year you'll get into it your second year so that is to say it's competitive but there are lots of avenues in and even if you don't end up being a participant in the program, like I said, there's lots of different ways to, to, to get to your end goal. In fact, I gotta say this, there are some students out there who I'll meet during their third year, and there are these amazing students who have done so much during their time here, and I think, I never really met you, we, our paths never crossed, how is that so? The student will say, you know, I'm just kind of a lone wolf. I knew exactly what I wanted to do going in, and so I set up my, ex my externship. I talked to lawyers in uh, my particular field. I secured some internships and I kind of did it alone. And okay, some students do that too. So there are lots of different ways for, um, to get from point A to point B. I don't know if you guys want to, yeah. Could you talk a little bit about how the externship program pairs with this program? Yeah, so the externship pairs with this program only in the sense that a lot of our students end up doing externships. Um, uh, the externship program is run by Sprightly Ryan. Uh, it, 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 it involves its own application process, which requires you to get a, um, a sponsoring organization. Um, you know, I'll be frank. You're going outside the law school. If you're doing a full-time externship, you're going outside the law school for a semester. So having done a little bit of work over on that end, I know that you know the school wants to know that you are serious um, about making this educational experience rich and that you're going to get a lot out of this experience and you're going to get appropriate supervision. So, um, you know, Sprightly's great at making sure that you cross your T's and dot your I's. She helps you through the application process. The application process goes through the curriculum committee. Um, but I would say to the extent that there is a direct link between our program 
and the externship program. It's really just that the students who end up doing externships tend to be the kinds of students who are also interested in the law and public service program. And when it comes to this colloquium portion of the law and public service program during your 3L year, our students who have done externships are usually presenting independent studies that rose out of their externship experience. Oh, uh, go ahead. A question more toward uh, uh, your selection for UVA as a public interest scholar. Uh, for your going into corporate law, is T14 you have to, it's a necessary requirement. For public service, it doesn't seem like it's the same. Uh, so what made you choose UVA over another school that maybe wasn't as prestigious or expensive? Um, to be honest, for me, I'm a native Virginian, and that's a child. I got to go to UVA at some point in my life. Just, so that was a strong institutional draw. Um, but I also knew I was only becoming a lawyer to do public interest work. Um, so doing a little research into the school, hearing about the program, and knowing, okay, that's something I've got to do. Um, and I think it is nice here that because we are a minority of sorts, you have a lot of resources directed at you because you have professors who are willing to be so invested with you, whether they're your mentors or not, uh, and the public service center, which is amazing when it comes to finding summer jobs. Um, so I knew that even though it's not necessarily like a massive part of the school where people might not necessarily think like UVA, public interest, um, I knew it would be a special niche to be a part of, and I would also be at a great school in a town that I really like. Alumni. It, it's hard to get a long-term job in public service, so the better your alumni network, the more connected your school is to where you want to be. I want to be in D.C., for example. We have an awesome alumni network that we rival really anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to call those people up and like, you went to UVA Law, therefore I know certain things about you, how smart you are, your dedication, will make it so much easier to get whatever public service job that you want. I second that response. Entirely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys want to be uh, open-eyed about something. Uh, you know, I, I remember when I was uh, graduating from law school and, and said that I wanted to be a public defender, and I would say that to some people, and they would say, oh, could you not get a job at a firm? And I want to say, no, I, it, that's the easier course. That's the well-trod path. And in fact, you know, the, these were slightly headier uh, times. The legal market was very strong in the early 2000s. The firm jobs were plentiful at that time. They're becoming plentiful again. Um, but you know, it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard route. And so that's what we're trying to do, is we're trying to smooth that route as best as we can. And yeah, I agree, alumni is a big part of that. Um, what is the overlap Um, I think they're kind of separated. Um, clinics are in and of themselves a good tool to get practical experience, particularly in your 2L and 3L years. I'm pretty confident there are no clinics for your 1L year. Um, but a lot of times it, there's just like almost like the connection between the externships and the program. There's going to be overlap because a lot of the students want to do that stuff. For instance, from my angle, a lot of students end up in the prosecution clinic because, and in the program, because at the heart of that is they're interested in prosecution, obviously. Um, however, uh, there's no requirement that you do a clinic for the program, and the clinic kind of is intended to, I guess, supplement work in addition to the, the program. 
Um, either way, whether you're in the program or not, I'm taking off my program hat now and putting on my just regular UVA student hat. I would highly recommend trying to get involved in clinics and get that practical experience, especially as you um, get into your 2L and 3L years. It can be very rewarding uh, in a lo a lo many of the same ways that a summer job can be very rewarding. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason that our curricular requirements are relatively minimal is the last thing we would ever want to do is stand in the way of our students um, doing something like a clinic or an externship or some other uh, practical opportunity that allows them to start helping people and representing clients today. You know, so no, I mean, it, 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 and, and if a student ever said to me, I'm worried about uh, taking the advocacy course because the clinic meets at that time, you know, we would find a way to work with them so that they could take the advocacy course at a different time. Any last, one more question and then we'll, we'll stick around. Like is a smaller town than maybe like a lot of the places that we're looking. Um, have you found that whether it's like legal aid or different opportunities for pro bono, for internships, for clinics, like that in Charlottesville there's a pretty like, like robust like range of opportunities to get public service experience or do you think those would be different in like an urban area? We have a scary amount of public service groups here. Probably way too important to decide. Okay. The Legal Justice Center, Center for Virginia Law, um, the Legal Association we've got, um, Southern Environmental Law Center, yep. you both did that innocent project. There's, I really can't honestly think of a big field that you couldn't do here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would just add to that that um, it, my wife is a child advocate, and a concern when I went on the academic market was, okay, if we end up in a college town, is there going to be an opportunity for her? And just something that's really, truly exceptional about Charlottesville as a college town, and I think it's, it, it, it lend, it's to some degree because we have such a strong legal community here, um, to another degree we have some, you know, fairly prominent benefactors like uh, uh, John Grisham and um, uh, uh, Dave Matthews, you know, who actually, their hearts are uh, very much in the right place and they put a lot of money behind things like the Legal Aid Justice Center um, and, you know, yeah, Southern Environmental Law Center, I forgot to even mention them during the last session, uh, such that, you know, my wife was able to find a child advocacy position here and it was one of several different uh, uh, routes to child advocacy right here in Charlottesville. On top of that, Richmond's just not that far away. Um, so there are plenty of opportunities there as well. And then some of our students even do part-time externships um, in DC. So I, I would say by college town standards, we can't be beat. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. We'll stick around.